0: Enlighten me, bitch, I be a boss, I got the sauce, no point in fighting me Demons leave them torch, I run my kingdom, call me sire, we never taking L's, only lessons No, we never counting fails, only blessings, never stressing I said, enlighten me, bitch, I be a boss, I got the sauce, no point in fighting me Gang, they hyping me, rightfully I am stable, I am able, I am wealthy, full of health On a ride. I got the belt, you got a problem? Check yourself, bitch
1: Love to the mic, like literally on time on top of this microphone making love to it. I couldn't be any closer if someone was talking to me this close, I think I'd slap them in the face. I mean, my outfit absolutely uh, just killing it with the color clashing today. I mean, I couldn't have worn a more obnoxious outfit for these orange walls. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> welcome to the podcast cameron doan thanks for having me you're welcome (laughs) i walked into the studio yesterday to record a solo episode and cameron who i had never met before was just standing here just instant connection connection. i was like you should come on my podcast how could you say no uh lo and behold you were miss teen
2: california yes i was passed i just gave it up and yeah it was great it was fantastic. Year of a lifetime.
1: Amazing. You just told me that you were... Twenty, You turn 20 directly after.
2: Right. So if I was born a few days before, I wouldn't be Miss California Teen USA. So I was 19 when I won, 19 when I competed for Miss Teen USA. I won in September, turned 20 in January. So majority of my reign, I was 20 years old. So that's a question I get all the time. like, How the heck are you 20 years old and you're a teen,
1: huh? What is it like being Miss Teen California USA? It's
2: definitely not knowing what you're going to expect every day you woke up. You know, flexibility was definitely definitely a quality I had to have. But it was exciting. I mean, I had different shows I was walking in, or different events I was going to. Like, one event could be a super glammed-up fashion show, and then the next day I could be, you know, on my hands just helping kids at the soup kitchen, or just you know, giving back to charity. So I, I really liked that that versus so that I'd be able to do like really both sides of the spectrum. I know
1: nothing about the pageant world. Really? Like absolutely nothing. My knowledge of the pageant world is a miscongeniality with triple. No.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey she rolled baton, so I mean that's Hey that's you what we, baton. I do, I do. I always thought that was something that people did in the movies. Kind of. I mean, it's really popular in the South here in California. Not so much. I'm in the South. Okay. So like University of Alabama, all those, they have tons of baton twirlers. Oh, they have like a whole team. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But here it's it's kind of a lost sport, but it's fun. That's kind of how I got into pageantry. Super it's, shy. It's from baton twirling. Oh, yeah. Somebody came to one of my competitions and they were like, hey, you should compete. You're so shy. You need to not be shy kind of thing. And so I took the leap of faith, competed when I was 14. It took me a while to win, but... Yeah. Do
1: you think that the baton twirling, I mean, cause you don't have to speak when you're baton twirling. So do you think it was the public speaking you were afraid of? Cause when you're baton twirling, you're on a stage. Right.
2: right. And so at the, actually at baton twirling competitions, they have a portion that's called modeling and you have a little interview where you have a one question interview, okay. but it's simple questions like, what's your favorite color? You know what I mean? So I kind of got what's that What's
1: your favorite color. They right. actually, and you'd that. have to expand
2: on it. Like blue is my favorite color because I love the ocean and it just represents me as a person, you know? Know what I okay, mean, you like, know, I, I
1: went to one of those like woo woo yoga classes. Uh,
2: What's a woo woo yoga okay, class? Like,
1: you know, when the teacher's like really spiritual, like overly spiritual, oh, no. okay. obnoxiously spiritual. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, live, too much. She breathes and dies Burning Man, and she Got it. asked at the end of the class, she's like. Everybody close your eyes. Now imagine you're a color. What color would you be? And I'm like, bitch, I would be black. The color of my heart? That's what color I would be. Now wrap it up. I got to go to work.
2: Yeah. I don't think that was the spiritual uh, meditation she really wanted from you, but, uh,
1: no, that's like why you go to yoga is to like not be insane. Yeah. Unfortunately, Didn't yoga work out. did not. I'm not really a yoga person. It's not really for me. I know other people like it. That's fine. You do you. I, I found my Zen. I meditate and I think that's better than yoga. Really? Because you get to lay there. So
2: (laughs) true. I I need to do something, some type of meditation or yoga or anything just to like calm and be Um, Zen.
1: You know, I always hated meditation and thought it was a crock of S H I T, but right. You know, um, I started doing these guided meditations and they really work for me. And it's like, you know, there's like a person talking and he's like, you are beautiful. I don't
2: know if I you could do that.
1: You are amazing. You make a million dollars a year. Ooh, it's just like, okay. You know what I mean? Like they're just saying all of this shit to you, feeding it into your head, and like after okay. a while, you kind of start to believe it. And it, it's crazy. So, like those, it's kind of like an, I guess you would call it like an affirmation. Yeah, I was going to say self affirmations. Yeah, but, but it really does calm me down. Okay. When I start it, I'm like, I've got road rage. I'm ready to like kill people for my day, you know? Yeah. And then when I do these meditations, I'm like, I love love. Right. We're all peaceful here. Like, I just, like, I love you. I love you. That's, oh, I that, need this. That's literally what the meditation does to me. It makes me like a puddle of love. It's crazy.
2: Okay. Really I'll give it like, a, I'll give it a go.
1: Super like insane and like anxiety and then just calm
2: everyone i love them oh can we talk about road rage though and the fact that like every single time like somebody makes you mad on the road you have to check and see who's in that car do
1: you do that too like you speed up and you're like
2: who's driving oh yeah for sure and then i judge them and i'm like
1: yeah like this is the type of job you have this is what your mother oh exactly
2: karen it's always a dude or they're preoccupied doing something else like eating on their phone or something and you're like yeah this makes sense i always just make
1: up a story about like who i think that the person is right which is insane Um, we were talking about peace and is it true that all pageant girls want world peace
2: (laughs) (laughs) to a certain extent? I mean, do you want world peace? yeah I mean
1: I don't think like there's any girls out there who are just like yeah I
2: love war yeah exactly <laughs> you <know>? so it's <laughs> like, like I don't know <laughs> do I genuinely think anyone says that in any answer no I think we really shy away from anything that has to do with world peace and that together um, because it's so cliche I, I think all of us the the beautiful thing is like everyone who I encounter in pageantry is super empowered to do something to change the world that's so nice. right and I love that they all are super motivated either in their careers or in their service work or they have some type of philanthropy or a 501c3 they're working for so that's cool it's cool to be so like you have your self-guided you know meditation for me when I walk into a pageant that is like empowerment in itself the these women all have these huge resumes and they want to do something they want to help each other out they want to connect together it's networking
1: yeah of course i mean i can understand that aspect of it my brother died of a drug overdose last year so i feel like my life's purpose has kind of changed right now i just want to help people like right. feel better about themselves and more confident and because that was something that he struggled with is mm-hmm. like self-esteem and confidence and i i really think that that was like the root of where the drug addiction started from so yeah I'm, I'm I'm all about helping people feel better about themselves
2: right and that's the beautiful thing about it it gives us like a voice to talk about these certain instances that like are weighing on our heart and make us want to help each other like for me it's bullying I was bullied as a kid and so oh, it's no. something I've spoken to thousands of schools about and for you I mean and so many other girls they have these different causes that are close to their heart and so it gives us a platform to be able to go out and do more and raise funds and all that for it yeah. so and you a- get bullied for uh the way I looked I was five seven in the fifth grade You're beautiful no well trust me if I pulled up some photos you know I was a chubby kid I went through that stage and I think everybody does right I mean it's it's what makes you who you are I wouldn't change yeah. it and so like I said I was five seven in the fifth grade that is like enormously tall giraffe I was called the giraffe all the time you know when they put you in photos and they put like the tallest kid in the middle and then everyone like filed yeah. down that was me you know yeah and being a girl you know all these boys are shorter than you like they're up to like my hip and it's like hi you're cute are you (laughs) like me are you still five seven no i'm five nine now but i've only grown two inches since the fifth grade size 10 feet like i was ginormous so yeah i had some some girls that didn't like me they created like i hate cameron clubs had everyone sign in at the school i was physically like taken to the back of school putting a chokehold like oh it was
1: people's parents Right, right. But, That's what everything I mean, stems down it, to. I'm sorry, but okay, this is so crazy to me because I feel like, as I mean, I'm not a parent, so like I'm not, you know, judging. I, I, I don't, but you I don't will know be it, someday. Yeah, but I will be someday and if I heard that my kid was doing something like that I mean do you think it's like parents that just turn the other way when they hear that Mm -hmm. their kids being doing something wrong or do they just believe that their kid is perfect bingo I totally think it's that
2: and that's what it was I think for these parents is they thought like their child did nothing wrong angel child like this is all lies she's so jealous of her like this is just jealousy you know that's I mean three other families left the school because of the same girl
1: I mean when I was a kid and I got in trouble or did something my mom would be like i mean my parents would scream at me and be like you get your ass in line oh like, absolutely before, it was always my fault before it was anybody oh, else's oh
2: completely and it's when i like knew the middle name got thrown in there i was dead i was a dead woman cameron <laughs> elizabeth don oh i'm coming down there and i know something's up <laughs> that is awful i know but like it's crazy the more people i talk to the more people i realize like have been bullied in some some manner
1: I think everybody's been bullied in in some capacity, right. but I mean, I feel like maybe I'm, I don't know, like I'm sarcastic and funny because my dad was so vicious to me when I was a kid maybe. I don't know, I just like learned to laugh at myself. Like right. it was a way for me to lighten up Hope. and learn to look at things with humor. Right. You mentioned that there was an issue with the crown when you were recrowning yes. the girl this year and you had trouble getting it on her head. I okay. guess first of all, let me say, in Miss Congeniality, the issue with the crown is that it's about to blow up. I I would have freaked out. I'd been like, I'm out. Here's the oh, crown. You completely do it yourself.
2: Yeah. So when you're crowning, it's actually really stressful for the the title holder that's crowning the new girl because you have, like, two seconds to crown this girl. Make sure the crown stays on the head. But I wasn't given any bobby pins. Okay. So I took the bobby pin. You can see it in the video clip. I had one bobby pin in my hair, and I took it out of my crown okay. to put it in hers, which is obviously not enough. I did my best that I possibly could, and then we readjusted it after, but... It's always a wobbling mess. I mean, yeah. it adds character. I've seen some videos where girls, it's fallen on the floor. It's like, like lopsided. Oh, completely, yeah, lopsided. those It's just, it's so quick, and there's so much adrenaline, so. Oh, my God, I think that I would be kicked out of pageants because I curse too much, reversible, and I don't think I'm, <laughs> like, I'm too clumsy, you know? Oh, that's I'm, me. Like, I think I'd fall all over the place. Oh, I'm so- me waking up in the morning like, where the heck did this bruise come from? Sure, I'll trip on the bottom of my own pants by the time we leave here. <laughs> oh, completely. My earring fell off. So mid-pageant, I'm asking these girls, like, on stage questions. I've got these big red earrings in my ear. I'm sitting there with the host right next to me, and I've got a bowl of questions in my hand, and I just notice my gigantic earring, like, tumble into the bowl. Mid-pageant. Into no, the bowl of what? Que- stage questions. But <laughs> these girls are supposed to reach into and grab. Now my huge earring's covering the whole thing. Tumbles and rolls, and me and the host look at each other like, did this really just freaking happen? And the whole audience is like, did her earring, you could hear the, like, whispers, did her earring just fall off? Not the earring. Not the earring, where you have to keep a straight face. It's just like, that's me. That stuff happens. How do you feel like pageantry has changed your life? Oh, completely. Like I was telling you earlier, I was so shy. I wouldn't be sitting here with you
1: today, for sure. Oh, that's so interesting.
2: Oh, for (gasps) sure. I was like, I would whisper into my mom's ear, and she'd talk for me. Like, calling the doctors is, like, my biggest absolute biggest fear oh my gosh mm-hmm. so you just didn't like confrontation of any sort social anxiety absolutely no conversation with anyone wow. being in front of crowds other than baton twirling. like I could twirl but if you gave a mic to me or I had to read something end game
1: wow mm-hmm. that's so crazy and so you just decided hey
2: I'm just gonna tackle this fear I have well it started to really affect my like schoolwork and whatnot because we do presentations and I just stand up there and like freeze like I'm not a great test taker but when it comes to like my homework and whatnot like I I can do that and so when it was affecting that everyone was like you got to do something to fix this and so when somebody came up to me at my baton competition my mom and I were like this is probably a good idea wow she just kicked me like
1: go how many years did you do pageants before you won
2: so i started at 14 in another system it's called the miss america system okay so miss usa miss america are two very different systems
1: do they hate each other a little bit oh the drama oh yeah
2: no it's very well-known drama though um miss america started first and then usa system you kind of took off after they did okay, as well okay different values but um i did that when i was 14 it's very service and scholarship oriented so it's perfect for the time being okay um and so i competed there 14 probably three times ended up winning a, tit- a state title there so miss california's outstanding team then went and competed at miss america okay and then i was like you know what i'm done pageants And everyone's like no you got to do the usa system it's about glam it's about hosting that's so you in your career right now I was like, okay, I've got one year of eligibility. Like, I'm old. I competed at 19 as a teen. That's old. That's your oldest age. You can compete. And so I was like, I'm just going to do it. If I win, I win. If I don't, I don't. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, Did it. Obviously, we're here now. And so it went well, but just kind of flew with it. I think that's why I did well. It's because I didn't have expectations.
1: Right. Right. Because you're like, I'm an old geezer at 19, and... (laughs) If it happens, it happens. (laughs) If if it doesn't, I'm just going to look like a fool. But That's okay, you know? Oh, my God. (laughs) I can't believe. Like, I can't imagine feeling like I'm too old for something
2: at 19, almost 20. When I turned 20, I was like, what? Like, I've never... Everyone asks you, like, oh, how do you feel? And you're like, "Eh, whatever, it's another day. When I turned 20, I was like, what the heck? I'm not a teenager anymore. That's, like, the first time in my life I've actually felt, like, older. I wouldn't say old, but, like, older... like not a kid anymore like I gotta get my stuff together well you're very well
1: spoken and for a 20 year old you are wise beyond your years I will say that I appreciate it just listening to you talk yesterday and today um I don't think a lot of 20 year olds have their head on straight as much as you do and maybe you have pageantry to thank for that no for sure yeah
2: Yeah, it's something that kept me determined and kept me having tons of different goals that I didn't even think were possible. Yeah. And then once I started attaining them, I was like, okay, well, let's dream way big. Yeah. And like now it's like things that people would think I was nuts for.
1: At 20 years old, I'm pretty sure I was using a bed sheet for curtains. I lived with (laughs) three other girls in a college house and uh, was like going to bed at like 4 a.m. every night. We were like sharing razors. I went to the University of South Carolina and I do remember one time we the university of alabama and south carolina played each other so we had like 30 people from alabama staying at our house oh that's a blast and i looked up and there was this guy who i had never met before peeing out of our second floor window onto my sister's car so that's what I was doing at 20.
2: <laughs> that sounds like college, though. I, was,
1: I wasn't, a, it was like, it was a very college experience. Yeah, right. You know, I wasn't. It's a great story. Striving for world peace and doing <laughs> charity work. Let's just
2: say that. Yeah, it's, it's been, but that, I mean, you say that, and then you look at my life and you think, like, there's many times I'm like, I didn't have a high school social life. Like, I really did miss out on oh. the things that, like, every other kid gets to have. Interesting. And people are like, how could you, like, like, want that. And it's like, no, like I still like envy that in a way, like my entire afternoon in social life was spent either at a soup kitchen or on a red carpet, which is fantastic. I cannot complain, wouldn't change it for the world. But when all my friends were going out and hanging out together and every time I had to say no, yeah. that stunk.
1: See, I, I think that you are going to be thankful for that. in a few years from now, that's the stage that I'm in right now and have been since I hit probably like 28 or so Mm -hmm. I don't really have a social life or much of one. I, I just keep my head down. I'm working, I'm building my brand. Right. But I didn't, you know, that wasn't my focus until much later. Okay. I think not to say that I fucked around too much, but Mm -hmm. like, you know, I did have the full college experience. Right. I don't regret it because it was a a lot of fun. And I do think that if you're going to be an artist, you have to experience life in every capacity and experience normal situations so that you can talk about it. And so that you can relate to it or be relatable it's like how, how can they maintain a sense of groundedness? Right. And, um, it sounds like you have a
2: sense of groundedness, like you go to UCLA. It's my my upbringing though. Like my, my family is what's kept me, me grounded and not say the LA crowd isn't, isn't fantastic, but they've really tried to keep me out of it. And that's why I don't live here currently.
1: See, I, I do look back sometimes though. And I wish that I would have started this career path in college and just kept my head down, I I do look back and wish that sometimes because I do think I'd be a lot further and it's something I think about a lot. But you can't change Um, that. No, I can't change that. And I am grateful for all the stuff I have been through, Right, but you're going to be thankful in a few years when you are at a certain level and- you'll be very grateful that you just kept your head down and didn't.
2: And it's, it's, I think it's uh, when we talked about keeping a good head on your shoulder, I think that's what's kept a good head on my shoulders. You know, just like my focus 24 seven is the future. Yes, I do live in the moment, but like, I'm constantly thinking about like, and pageants have taught me that, like, what are the consequences of this action? You know what I mean? So, um, I could have used that in my teen years, (laughs) right? But I mean, then it's also, it's, it's made me miss out on a lot of things, you know, you never know, but I'm excited now to have that college experience
1: did you get to go to prom
2: and all of that? Right. I did. But I mean, I graduated in the COVID area, so I didn't get much of a graduation. I didn't get prom senior year. I didn't get dances, nothing, none of that. And so that was and, a bummer, but,
1: and then now you're, you make money fully from your social media. Right that's amazing.
2: It is amazing. I mean, I could, I always said like, I could never see myself working a nine to five. I just have like too much oh, yeah. creativity to be boxed into, you know, and like I was talking about pageants. I loved it so much because it was a different day, like every yeah. day. Like I walked in here yesterday, met you and now we're on a podcast. Like how fun is that? That's, that's what's so beautiful about this. I I, I know. And I
1: love LA because mm-hmm. of that. Like I just walk in places sometimes and meet people that I otherwise would have never met. Right. And I like, I'm not afraid to start a conversation with somebody. Right. And I don't think you are either. No. And that is like, you have to be, open because you just never know like what a connection can or where a connection can take you or what a connection can do for you or do for that other person. If you know, they need help, you need help or whatever. It's just, we're all connected in some capacity.
2: I think that's where people fail in this industry is where Mm -hmm. they say no to opportunities. You know, you have to say yes to every opportunity that aligns with your, obviously your morals or whatever, but you know, don't be afraid to make the first initiative.
1: Oh yeah. No, I, I'm totally on board for that. Yeah. You got to get at it. If I wouldn't have started talking to you yesterday, you wouldn't be on my podcast today. No, right. And like, I don't essentially know anything about you other than what I saw on social media or what you told me yesterday and 10 minutes before today.
2: (laughs) We're getting some good talk now. I feel like we know each other a lot better. (laughs) I do. I do. Um, No, totally.
1: But yeah, I do think that people, because of social anxiety, like you said, right people are afraid to just talk to somebody and Completely. you you, know, you do pageants I could not be even further removed from the pageant world I have nothing in common with it you'd be surprised you know in my head if I was like oh I'm not going to have anything in common with her because she's a pageant girl I could have thought like that right. but I didn't I was right. like oh she's very cool let's see right what she's all about and it's then the open-mindedness yes exactly right. I'm very open-minded and I you know don't judge anyone for anything mm-hmm. and god i hope nobody judges
2: me (laughs) i mean and people do i feel like this this world is like filled with tons of judgment and so it's like living in la and being in this industry the biggest blessing is getting a thick skin from i mean i've heard it all in the modeling industry especially all of the things that i need to change about myself but it's just uh you know staying on that level head and knowing that you are the best mindset for yourself and your opinion is the only one that really matters um Amen to
1: that. Right. I mean, nobody else's opinion matters. It's like you, you have everything that you need inside of yourself. Right.
2: When you look in that mirror every day, you have to be the one looking there. No one sure. else is looking at, back at you.
1: For sure. Right. Um, I'm actually, I have a very... Um, Unlikely friendship with a man in his 60s who was a writer on Seinfeld. Okay, I just wrote an op-ed about our friendship because it started. I met him at a comedy club. We were doing stand-up together. Right, and he actually he was the first guest on my podcast. Um, if I had not have started a conversation with him, you know, I mean, what do you have as a? I think I was 28 when I met him. Mm-hmm. What does a 28 year old female have in common with a 60 something year old man? in a platonic way i mean i know right. there's like those gross like beverly hills relationships you know right. what i'm saying and sugar daddies and, what, and all yeah, that exactly but on like a real like professional friendship level like what do you have in? it's like we're from totally different generations right he's like from new york he's very straightforward i'm like this like southern bell who's like loud and mm-hmm. bold and ju- i come in the room and i make it known i'm here right. and he's just like quiet and mysterious i mean we literally have nothing uncommon on paper but we established this friendship and we got coffee together several times and it turned into like a, you know, biweekly thing. And we realized like, you know, we're both like deeply empathetic people. We're both oldest children. Um, we both came out to LA to like escape some kind of like emotional turmoil we were having. And it's just, we related on so many like deeper levels that I never would have imagined. And it's just kind of wild because it's such an unlikely friendship
2: i think that's that's so great though because i think the more that you don't have similarities the more like spice of life you can share with each other exactly my point right and so you know sharing your mindset i want to hear opinions of people who don't know me that well so yeah. they can see me surface level and then i can evolve and you know keep growing yeah,
1: you're 20 i'm 30 you're essentially a decade younger than me right but i think there's so much i could learn from you
2: Interesting. I mean, I've I've grown up my entire life. I think what makes me so mature is I've grown up my entire life around adults. I've constantly been around adults and especially in my high school career in life with all these galas and events, no one was there. That was my age. Yeah. You know, so I was interacting with, it was a wide spectrum of either really young children or older adults. So knowing how to command a room of children and also command a room of of adults
1: is something I'll take forever. Yeah. That's so interesting. Mm -hmm. What was it like growing up in Orange County?
2: I loved it. I would not change it for the world. Like my kids will grow up there. It is the best place ever. I think it's certain parts of Orange County are really humble and grounded. Where I grew up, it was very humble and grounded. And I also loved the diversity of Orange County and the fact that like a lot of people walking into the classroom didn't look like me. So like I was saying about that spice of life and different perspectives, we had that constantly every day at the lunch table. And so I think it really helped me grow up, not only grounded, but able to you know take on different perspectives and want diversity in my life as well because you know hearing people with my same background you know exactly what I look like that's boring you know I want different religions you know race all these different perspectives in my life sexuality just so I can learn I can consume it because we're constantly educating each other
1: yeah LA definitely gives that to you yeah there's people from everywhere here uh again you know my impression of everything about your life it comes from tv you know it, like those shows like laguna beach like so oh, everyone there is not a surfer and has blonde hair
2: laguna beach is actually <laughs> when i like an orange county perspective of laguna beach is it's more of an older folks town it's very artsy yeah it's um where a lot of people go to retire yeah um so it's it's a funky fun version of orange county you can get a lot of different things in orange county that's what i love i feel like every city has its own you know uniqueness to it yeah so you have which is more this very surf culture like what do you like very slow talking what are you doing today bro like the waves <laughs> the <are> great Bruh. <laughs> like, have you ever
1: seen that snl skit it's like take the 405 to the 10. oh yeah completely that's literally how
2: people talk my friends County. who come from uh you know like illinois georgia and we're driving on the freeway they're like how do you navigate what the heck is a carpool lane i'm like what you don't know what these things are in your life and they have no clue they oh, think yeah. it's so overwhelming
1: uh, you know, I saw a man the other day on the interstate with a, like a mannequin seat belted into I've his passenger this. seat. I've seen this. I'm like, that's genius.
2: Yep. But you knew it was a mannequin, right?
1: Yeah. You could clearly see it was a mannequin. I mean, you couldn't see until you like got up really close, but.
2: And now wow. Tesla's too. You can drive in Brave. in the carpool lane with a, a Tesla, even if you're just alone. Wait, why is that? Because it's an electric vehicle.
1: Oh. And you can also
2: park in Santa Monica for free.
1: Who knew? Right? I just found this out. So if I had a Tesla and I got a ticket in Santa Monica, I could be like, uh, bye. As long as you have the air
2: purifier or whatever air sticker on your car, which they all come with. Yeah. Clean air.
1: Interesting. Right? Maybe I should get a Tesla. Maybe I a lot of
2: parking ticket. It's the LA car. I feel like everyone drives Teslas.
1: But my boyfriend uh, got a new car during the pandemic and he was okay. driving a Mercedes and the Tesla. We looked at both of them and you can't change the sound system in a Tesla. Oh, and what is there is there. Mm-hmm. But in a Mercedes, you can upgrade it. You can do whatever you want with it. And he's really obsessed with these sound systems called the Bang & Olufsen Sound System. Okay. And he knew that he could put that in the Mercedes. So like, you know, we're driving around, and he's like, you know, the sound is okay in the Tesla, but you can't like bump to it, you know? Like, he loves to do that, whatever. <laughs> he asked me my opinion, and he's like, which one of these cars should I get? And I was like, okay, you, like you need to go with the Mercedes, right. because why would you get something when like music is really important to you? Completely, yeah. So he gets the Mercedes. Then the gas prices go up. And he's like, I should have never listened to you. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. I can't predict the future.
2: Yeah, no, it's crazy. It's definitely affecting everything. And like... We have a Tesla in the family, and it's crazy to look at how much money we spent on gas. I mean, we drive that thing everywhere, and I think in total we spent $200 in in gas, and we've had it for probably six months. Oh, in six months. Oh, my God.
1: Yep. It's, It's really easy now because there are charging stations everywhere yeah you still have to plan your trips though yeah a couple years ago uh, my friend has one okay we took it to palm springs and we about ran out of fumes because we couldn't find one right. charging station
2: if you're driving long distances it's not
1: practical yeah. no your tiktok thing that you were talking about earlier yes hey okay, tell me about this barbecue
2: your family had so we were talking about cancel culture weren't we and like how it's yes. it's super apparent and it's getting it's getting ridiculous yeah and so for example this was a while back around probably a year ago my family and i we do these like family weekends and every night's a themed night and so fun family oh it's so fun um so for example we do like country night and then we do hawaiian night so when we did hawaiian night everyone dressed up in hawaiian t-shirts we barbecued simple and i took a video of it on tiktok because i love showing my family it's the favorite part of my entire day and so took a video, did a little clip of the, you know, what we all were wearing and whatnot, and it was just fun, and I didn't think anything of it, and I posted it. Sounds like a blast normal like Luau and I con I started getting tons of comments that were like this is cultural appropriation this is so disrespectful and so I sent that to like my Hawaiian friends and I was like am I doing something wrong here like seriously trying to learn like because I said we're always learning and so I was like should I apologize am I doing something wrong and they're like no I can't get over this
1: just what? because you were wearing Hawaiian shirt right if I eat tacos am I culturally appropriating Mexico <laughs> Have these people never been to a gift shop in Florida?
2: See,
1: that's worse. I mean, I feel like these places are filled with Hawaiian shirts. Oh my God! Next, we're not going to be able to call them Hawaiian shirts. shirts. Just, shir- just, just button floral shirts. floral shirts. That's 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 what you're gonna, you know. It's like the Trader Joe's uniform. You know how those Trader Joe's employees wear Hawaiian shirts? Like, do, do they call them floral shirts? it's just was getting, it the shirts that they were mad about or was it like the hawaiian food saying that like you can't cook my food it wasn't
2: hawaiian food we were like cooking burgers with pineapple well maybe they were just pissed off because they were like maybe we don't serve just, that in hawaii
1: <laughs> maybe you i mean if you you've been to hawaii lately I, it's I like all seafood it's like uh oh, poke so bowls it's and, one of my favorite places and uh dole whip. Oh. You know, that like pineapple frozen thing i i didn't eat a burger nor did i even
2: see a burger when i was there yeah. so maybe they're just pissed off that you're having burgers maybe. and saying it's Hawaii. we had pokey as an appetizer as well i mean i, I don't know what Uh-oh. to tell them I, I don't know what to do I now mean, this is just <laughs> absurd i cancel culture if you are canceling people get a hobby get
1: a hobby do you believe in cancel culture like do you think that you have the ability to uncancel yourself by just not giving a fuck about cancel culture.
2: I think people do that all the time. Sadly, I think, like we were talking about, there's a good cancel culture and there's also a bad one. For example, like when they canceled me for wearing Hawaiian shirts, that's a little ridiculous. It's we're we're pushing it. Insanity. But I can't even um I can't even believe what I'm hearing. But yes, right. there are some terrible people out there. Right. Who, who need fuck. to be you know shown that hey, this isn't right. Right. But I believe in second chances. So it's like you know if you genuinely are sorry for what you did, you learned. Life is about learning. You're educated on a topic you're told you can't do this this or x y and z and you apologize and change your ways I mean beautiful but it's the people that you know they rely on people forgetting which we do in a week or two we forget we move on it's over with and then you know we never speak of this again and then they get away with it and they can do it again and again did you apologize for it wearing a Hawaiian shirt thank you I was just making sure <laughs> <laughs> no but genuinely if, if I did something where that's why I think I reached out because I was just like there's something here that's wrong tell me like I, I will right. take it do- I didn't take it down because I was like there's no. nothing wrong if you'll find it right now I mean that's
1: just ridiculous mm-hmm. but yes I do understand how like there are terrible people out there right. who do things that they should be canceled for but yeah it's like uh,
2: you're just celebrating people are just bored i'm just gonna go with people are bored and they're insecure and they want to tear people down in any way they possibly can yeah i i agree i agree it's really
1: bad oh my god how exhausting
2: it's fun, though. I mean, no, but it's I, fine. You're doing I'm something. not saying I ask for it, but I put my life out there. You know, right. I put my... So you ha-
1: but that's the thing is, like, when you do put your life out there, you're in the public eye. Completely. You have to be prepared for people to come at you every which way. Absolutely. So I'm just, like, I just, like, warn everybody. I'm, like, I'm not a nun i am not a saint right i'm not so i curse all the time like i curse all the time i'm not a saint i'm not a nun i like make mistakes and just like put it out there already right nobody can come at me for something i said 10 years ago
2: right and it's like i think that people really dwell on you know try and bring things up from 10 12 i see it all the time in like political debates and all these different celebrities try and bring things up from high school and these people are 50 years old like we were talking Uh, about that and it's like you learn so much from point A to point B. And it's like, you're totally, I'm a different person than I was a year ago. Oh, same. I completely different person. I learn
1: new stuff every day. You were talking about how you love it when a man opens a door for you. Right. Okay. So what at 20 years old are you looking for in a guy?
2: Cause are, do you have a boyfriend? Right. Now? I have a very steady relationship. We've been together uh, for three years. Oh my God. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. But I mean, he's the same way as yours is not, not in my social media life, which is fantastic because it's a breath of fresh air. Like, I absolutely love it. It wouldn't change the world. But, um, yeah, there's just these certain things that... You know, I think we all should look for as as women. We're all different, but personally, I love it when a guy opens the door for me. I love it when they know the sidewalk rule and you know they put me. It's just a it's the protectiveness that's not overbearing, but it's it's just that you're you should be protected. You should feel safe. You know, oh, yeah. feel like that person is yeah. going to be there. Yeah, my boyfriend is so much taller and bigger than me. Me I'm too. Like, I like to feel like a small human, right? And being five, <laughs> nine, I mean my whole life, I talk about how, you know, my height was my biggest insecurity when I was younger. And then finally, like at this age, I learned like it's the best part about me, but my boyfriend's six, four. So it's like, he uh, makes yeah. makes me feel small, which yeah. is something you want.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: What like, do you look for in a
1: guy? Um, they need to have a washer dryer in unit. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's funny is before my boyfriend and I started dating, i just learned to love my life mm-hmm. like i loved who i was right i was having a blast i just was doing me just living life to the fullest and then he kind of came in i actually made a list this is so insane of all the different things pro that,
2: and con list what did you make a pro and con list
1: not a pro and con <laughs> list it was just like a list of like my non-negotiables okay and it was stuff like Needs to be funny, like good communication, um, listens to me, makes me feel seen and heard and understood, um is ambitious uh I don't remember what else was on the list a gentleman
2: yep but I feel like that's so lost today like there's so many women that I just want to shake and be like come on you know you deserve so much more right
1: like there was nothing on there about like physical appearance Mm -mm. or like how tall they are nothing like that it was literally about like connection like I want someone who's present who treats me nice who's my equal right um those kinds of things
2: it's so funny because I, I always I live by you know they're gonna come the best ones come when you least expect it and I was the yeah. same way like I was so I was thriving I mean I didn't have a care and did not want a boyfriend at the time it yeah. was not in the cards for me I thought kind of walked into my life and then it's just like this thing where it's you were talking about it's like your best friend it's that balance of yes, best exactly. friend and and partner and the balance is the best thing it's like I'm the person's like I always say this. I'm gonna run off the cliff and he's gonna be the one like pulling me back like come on exactly yeah let's chill here yeah Do you have that balance? He makes me a
1: better person. Right. And that's how I knew he was the person for me is because like when I'm with him, I like, first of all, he makes me feel safe. It feels like Mm -hmm. I'm home and he makes me want to do better. Pushes you. He does. He pushes me. He challenges me a lot, which sometimes drives me freaking
2: crazy. But it's the best thing ever. But
1: yeah, no, it's really good. And, um, I do love that he's not on social media. He has no part of it. Doesn't want any part of it. And it's like the, the hottest thing about him. I honestly, when I asked you like what you look for in a man at 20 I thought that your list of things was going to be entirely different from mine really I just realized that we have the same values Mm -hmm. and I think that we were raised with certain like the same family situation and that's why we have that in common but I, I think if you ask the average 20 year old it's be like thing. a man that's six four yeah like you know like has a good job but like pays my bills or like whatever you right. see on the internet which is like no that is not what you should be looking for
2: right no 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 and it's like those things are all gonna that's what I always say these things are gonna fade looks are gonna fade so when you're stuck with each other you know mm-hmm. what I mean yeah. and you don't get along what are you gonna do then huh yeah, yeah. so it's like you have to look at these things like Do I always, and I have like, there's people in my life that I know that are like, oh, I can't stand hanging out with this person for X amount of time. Like I got to get away from that. But if it's the right person, I really think there shouldn't be, you know, a moment where you don't want to share. Yes. It's good to have your own personal space at times. Oh my God. We take so much alone time. I like cherish the
1: alone time. You got to have your own life, everything. Like, absolutely. But it's like when you are together,
2: it should be, you know, something that you're absolutely
1: I think at 20, I didn't know what I wanted. Mm -hmm. So that's amazing that you're in a healthy relationship. Like this is my first healthy relationship. Like I can honestly say that. And I, it's so bizarre because I think I always knew the things that I wanted. I just think I was looking for them in the wrong places. And I got misled in different directions, honestly. And I know this is so cliche and cheesy to say, I think I had to learn to love myself first. No, that's not cliche. That's it. And he's like laughing over there. No, but I'm serious. No, that's absolutely it. It was like he, the right person doesn't come until you do love yourself, but I don't necessarily know if I totally agree with that because I do think I was still learning to love myself as right. when, like first started
2: dating, you know? I don't think you can, like, fully love yourself. I mean, love somebody else until you love yourself, if you know what yes. I mean. Like, like fully yes. pour your be able to right. give that much to that other person yeah, exactly. until you can give it to yourself.
1: Yeah, because I, I definitely give more. Now that we're like a couple years in versus at the beginning where i was like i don't know Mm -hmm. you know you like tiptoe around boundaries and the walls "Uh, are up like i don't know if i can trust you yeah
2: that's so funny we have so much in common with our our relationships yeah we
1: do we do for sure um it's so funny see you could you just never know what you might have in common (laughs) with someone who is essentially completely entirely different than you but then you realize you're actually kind of the same
2: right mean at a different stage in life but
1: yeah at a totally different state but you can relate to people who are at different stages of their lives right like I always talk about and I have talked about a few times on the podcast like you know I have friends who are in completely different stages of their lives Mm -hmm. you know I've one of my best friends from college uh, she lives in Montgomery Alabama she's got two kids she is married and loves her life she's a dance teacher I could not be doing further different things than what she's doing, but I think her life is beautiful. And I know that she thinks my life is beautiful and we still find different things to relate on. Right. Like whether it's, you know, like we both love the arts mm-hmm. we love dancing and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So like we send videos and pictures back and forth of like dancers and like little like choreograph routines and stuff. And so right. like we relate on certain levels. And I, I think that you just have to find what you relate to find that common ground yeah
2: you just got to find the common ground exactly i I think everyone has it with somebody i mean like truly I think I could find some type of common ground with anyone be it our favorite ice cream flavor or be it you know our what we want to do in life you know like different levels but it's just like you have to be willing to and I think that's so lost in our society right now like Mm -hmm. that that open-mindedness with with everything people are so closed-minded on their opinions their views like it's this way or it's not this way yes and you know that's so sad because you you lose so much zest and you lose so much you know perspective that Mm -hmm. you could have had
1: yeah, because if you have a certain belief and you're not willing to talk to somebody else because they have a
2: different belief than you, you're mm-hmm. really just hurting yourself. No, absolutely. You are. Um, I mean, you're, you're putting a wall up completely around you. And then when you get to 80 years old, you're only going to have a yeah. certain set of views that you've had your
1: entire life. Let the wall down. Let it
2: down. Um, Be vulnerable. Have you ever been through a friendship breakup? I have. I feel like I've been through a few. I mean, you go through your little ones when you're, like, little, little, Mm -hmm. middle school, grade school, and then I talk about that whole bullying thing, so that was one, but recently I definitely did go through a pretty harsh uh, friendship breakup, I had, like, a whole group together in high school, and then, I mean, something just completely you know shifted morals and values kind of changed between the two of us and mm-hmm. you know the whole group in general and just everyone kind of split in their own ways and there was some nasty stuff that went on um but i think it's for the better i, I really believe at that time they were bringing me down in a negative light mm-hmm. and i don't think they meant to but mm-hmm. they were
1: i went through some nasty friendship breakups yeah around your age, Mm -hmm. in my mid 20s, a couple in my late 20s. Yeah. Now, if I don't want to be friends with you. Right. I just slowly fade out. Right. Because you realize over time that it's not worth it to Mm -hmm. like tell the person, hey, this is why we're not vibing. Right. I just, I simply recognize that we're not vibing and move on. But it's interesting because it, it affects me less now, but at your age, even like a couple years ago it would have affected right. me still and i go right. cuz i don't like to hurt people's feelings right mm-hmm. who but does if someone is bringing so much negativity to my life to where it's affecting my mental health and right. my productivity and you know my overall just well-being then you got to go right and it was so hard for me to realize, you know, this person is making me feel truly bad about myself. Mm-hmm. I, can't, I cannot have this friendship. And so I, you know, dramatically did have those friendship breakups. And then, you know, for months on end, I would dwell on it and be like, oh, like, was that awful? Should I have right. not acted that way? Should I have not broken that friendship off? Like, you know, they're, they're a good person, I think. Right. Because I would try (laughs) to, like, make up for their hard behavior by looking at the good parts of them, which, because I always see the best in people. Same. But ultimately, you can't do that because then it's like you make excuses for people's bad behavior. Right. So I don't know, like, I don't even know if there is a way to get over a friendship breakup because sometimes it can be so heartbreaking that it's like that of a romantic break i think it's worse yeah i i I, it might be
2: because like um, the friendship i was talking about i mean i was friends with them since the beginning of high school to even before high school and to the end of high school so that's like what four or five years that you're we were together every single day yeah and then you see these People kind of stab you in the back a little bit, and you're like, you make all these excuses. And you know, it takes somebody from the outside looking in to really open your eyes to it because it's almost like you're love blind in a certain way. I mean, you're in this, you love your friends completely and wholly with all your heart. And you know, I just kept making excuses for what they were doing, saying that, like, like you said, I also see the good in people, it's my best quality, but it also can be my worst because oh, relate to that, right? And so it's like, you know, at what point in time do I look at it and do I say, you know, this. This is causing like we were talking about more mental damage than it is health like you want your friends you surround yourself with positive people that mm-hmm. are going to uplift you that are going to support you and when they aren't you know it's something that you need to fade away from it wasn't something that I I actually I mean I cried and cried and cried over it it, it was that thing where like you'd be sitting right there and they'd be planning to hang out together and you're sitting right there and it, you're not invited you know and, it, yeah. and then it got to the point where we wouldn't even talk we'd be in the same classes and it was just like Ultimate girl codes were broken, got with ex-boyfriends. Like, it it turned nasty really, really quick. And so it was something that, like, came out of the blue for me. But, like, from somebody looking, looking in, like, my boyfriend was, it was something that, like, was seen before Yeah, I just need to open my eyes to it The big telltale sign for me Where? Is whenever my mom didn't like oh somebody Oh my gosh
1: right And I should have listened to her My mom could always call out the crazies mm-hmm. Because she'd be like I, I don't trust that girl I don't like that girl Something's she, off She's going to backstab you And I'd be like I don't know because I mean at 20 like let's be honest like I was just worried about hanging out with fun people and that's how I connected with people when I was in my early to mid 20s is I would see somebody and be like oh my gosh you're so much fun like we're vibing at this party it was all about like who I was meeting at parties and you know how do you make friends in college at parties go out my sorority so um I do think that like I made a mistake in having those be like my core friends as people that i was meeting at parties and socially and not really considering like oh is this person good for my mental health because i really wasn't worried about my mental health and that wasn't my focus i just wanted to have fun in life don't have any regrets i learned a lot of lessons but now that i am aware of you know the the heartache that a toxic friendship can bring
2: upon you, I, I'm and I'm in and so, the weight. Yes. Now I'm just like, sayonara, bitch. Right. And I feel like when we're, we're talking about this, the reason it was so hard is like, I feel like now in my twenties, even though I am only 20 and in college, you don't have to see these people again, but in high school, when I went to high school, I had to sit at the lunch table with these people because they were in our huge friend group. And so like, I don't know if you knew what streaks were. Like yeah, on Snapchat, awesome. yeah, I'd have like over a hundred streaks in high school. Why? Why? Like, yeah, that's, that's crazy. ridiculous. And oh it's my gosh. it's just the like streaks. getting caught up and. And having a huge friend group. And finally at 20, I'm like, I don't care if my friend group is four or five people. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, because I'm only going to give I, my, I don't have enough time.
1: That is amazing that you have this perspective at 20 years old. I cannot tell you how much time <laughs> that's going to save you. Honest to God. I'm I, telling you. Yeah, it's it was that heartbreak
2: that got me there though.
1: Yeah. Social media can be horrid for friendship breakups because you get online and you see these people's stories or their posts or whatever and you see they're all hanging out and you're not there oh absolutely and so i think that can affect people's mental health a lot. Right. Hey, um, you know, you can mute people on social media. That has helped me. If I decide that I don't want somebody in my mm-hmm. life anymore, mm-hmm. I will mute them on social media. I don't unfollow them. Cause I'm not petty. I don't need to make right. a big deal, it. we don't need to be dramatic, but I mute them. So I don't see their posts and that helps tremendously. I mean, honestly, if that's like the only kind of advice that I can give you, because I have the choice, like I don't have to see all these people all the right. time. Now, however, I will run into them on occasion. And it's, it can be weird when you run into somebody, you oh, yeah. have falling out with at a party, it's weird. And you don't know what to do. I would say, don't make a big deal of it. Mm-hmm. Don't be dramatic. It, look them in the eye, say hello. Don't like purposely, right. you know, avoid it because you're, you're bigger than that. You, yeah point blank energy be nice be kind you don't need right. to be rude because that just you're getting down to their level if right you're gonna be rude to them bingo say hello you know whatever
2: right and that's what i think like with all those those friends i had that falling out with i mean i still follow them on instagram i still look at their lives i still want to see their lives because like like i said that was high school that was probably three years ago you know what i mean and i believe they're different people now do i think i need the energy for it no but yeah i mean if i'm If I'm going to see their lives, I think it's just a good way of me staying in tune with the people, you know, I went to high school with. Now that you're done with your reigns, Miss
1: California,
2: (laughs) are you going to compete in Miss USA? Um, give me three, four years to figure that out. I always say like, let's see where the organization is at that point. It it evolves every single day. You know, it has a different message. It has a different, you know, idea and ideal that they're, they're pushing out. And so if it aligns with me, then yes, I will be back completely. So
1: you don't have to compete that year for Miss USA.
2: I don't have to compete unless I really want to. I mean,
1: yeah, but if you wanted to, you can just do it. You can just decide to do it in any year,
2: right? Because the age limit for Miss is, I believe, 19 or 20 to 28. Okay, so I have all that time, and also I'm not gonna go and compete at Miss when all of these girls I'm competing with are your age and are have graduated high school, have all these huge careers that are going. There's people 31 competing for Miss USA. <laughs> Hey, i threw you what? in there with the 28 year olds oh my god thank you i told you he, yesterday I, I thought me, you were 24
1: Yeah, she asked me if I was 24 <laughs> yesterday i'm like sweetie yes new bff that's crazy do they have like an mrs like mrs like married usa for
2: the people mine? not the same I'm organization married, but, but they do they have i mean they have pageants for Everything. Is there a, is there a pageant for pregnant women? I I, I wouldn't put it past it. I mean I've heard I, in the I, south <laughs> there's like a watermelon eating pageant. There's like a bar what? Miss Barbecue. I'm telling oh, you, oh, yeah, I'd win that <laughs> one. That's what I said. I said, where's that and how can I get there? There's a <laughs> Miss Barbecue pageant. That's speaking my
1: language. That's some. That's like what I fair, want to compete on. The Miss fair pageant oh, yeah. yeah. At the fair. Yeah. Oh my god, I love the fair. I cannot wait until the Orange County Fair. I live for the OC fair. You don't like it? I don't, you're giving me a face. I just don't.
2: I mean, I'm going to say something that's really controversial. I don't like Disneyland. I hate Disneyland. Woo! We're friends.
1: <laughs> oh my god, I think adults that go to Disneyland, I there's something wrong with you. You need to have your head
2: checked. Right? I don't get I don't get listen, the adults that take their kids that can't even I, talk and can't even remember it. And I
1: am all for
2: I don't want to make you feel stupid for doing what, what? you love, okay?
1: Like right, if, if you, you want to do it, if you love it, you can tell me to fuck off. But personally, my opinion is that Disneyland is not for adults
2: it's just not I think I think for adults like most of the adults that I know go for the food I mean I've tried the food to me I it's not that great I just can't do the it's whole line
1: awful you wait in line for like a piece of cardboard pizza and like I think I had chicken fingers last time I went there and they literally tasted like rubber
2: yeah I can't do the lines to get like six rides in a day when you are from like 8am no, by the time you leave there if you want to do like the
1: skip the line pass or whatever you've fast pass yeah the fast pass right it's like 2000 Dollars a person, or maybe it's like a thousand dollars a person. It's right. ridiculous. It's outrageous. I'm sorry.
2: I'd rather have a new outfit. Oh, completely. I mean, it's just, it's not for me. Like we said, whatever floats your boat. I mean, people who love it. I've heard people who say Disneyland changed their life, and when they go there, it's like their happy place. It's their meditation. Okay, you know what? That's all for you. You
1: know, I guess, you know, to each their own. My parents didn't take us to Disneyland when we were
2: kids. Okay. I live 20 minutes from there. And until Uh, I was 15, I had been there once.
1: That's hilarious. My parents were like, every time I would cry and be like, we want to go to Disneyland. They'd be like, we don't wait in lines. Right. And I'd be like, but I want to go. But as a kid, you wanted to go. So as a kid, I wanted to go because I'd never been. And I'm curious about a lot of things. Uh, I went. And it was... One and um, done. I, I could have been fine not going. It, right. It wasn't even that interesting. Like, you know, like the teacups and the, like, whatever. I'm to throw it's like up. you do it, but, like, yeah, I want to throw up everywhere. Right. I don't... Sorry. Like, I... I you know, if I wanted to throw up, I'd go chug a bottle of vodka. Like, right. I'm sorry, there's other
2: ways. <laughs> if I'm a, like, I'm a big adrenaline person. Like, I want to jump out of a plane. I want to do all those crazy things. I've and done It's, like, it's fun. Is I, it? Yeah, I did that in Switzerland. It yeah. was very cool. Oh, wow. What have you?
1: I, you know, it's interesting. It, when they pull the plug, uh, the, the string to, you know, expand parachute. parachute. <laughs> yes, That part's really fun, but when you're actually free falling, I think it's like for forty five seconds. Like I couldn't. That's actually
2: a long time. I couldn't breathe. I was like, like
1: it wasn't fun for me to fall. But you know, once they do the parachute, it's like, oh, it's beautiful. Like I'm not gonna die.
2: Is that kind of what you feel Uh, like once that parachute actually goes in the air?
1: I never felt like I was gonna die. Okay. I was also nineteen. So okay. In nineteen, you don't really ever think you're gonna die. I don't think I'm gonna die now. I've just never had a fear of dying really really even like my brother died last year and I still don't
2: have a fear of dying I don't know why I have a friend that gets in these moods where she has really huge fears of like people dying and like her close friends dying and it'll like send her into a panic attack okay, this is a crazy. spiral
1: okay you know so when my brother died for the first I want to say like four or so months I was having nightmares that my entire family died and my boyfriend died. And I was like left (gasps) on the earth alone. We've worked it out with my therapist. We're good now. I, was having these crazy nightmares and I like couldn't stop them. It was very bizarre and
2: weird. So I understand that it's like a thing. No, it totally is. And it's like, do you feel like because of that happening, do you, do you have like a different perspective on like every day that you wake up and breathe
1: in the morning? Absolutely. I I mean, I have always been a happy person who loves life and I can, have fun in any situation. I right. can literally have fun underneath that table over there, yeah, and, completely in and, and entertainment. I'm myself. the same way. Yeah, totally. You know, I when my boyfriend and I go to the grocery store, I have a blast. Right. You know, I've always been like that, so I don't think I it, it like changed me and all of a sudden made me like you know appreciate life more because I already appreciated life and life was already so precious to me. I think what it changed for me was that. I want to help more people. Okay. That's what changed for me. And I I have more compassion towards people. Like I used to lose my patience a lot. Like when someone would, you know, not like be as quick as I am, I would lose my patience and be like, Oh my God, this idiot. But now I'm like, okay, I don't know what they've been through. Maybe they're having a hard day. Right. You know, maybe they've got an addiction problem. Maybe they have anxiety. Maybe they have depression. And now I just kind of like zip it up and I'm like, you know what? take you your time, do you. Yeah. do you, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm more patient with people. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's like a, a positive aspect of it. Yeah. Um, I don't take, I want to say like, you know, I've, I've had so many like friendship breakups since that happened. Not so many, but I think I realized who was important to me and who wasn't. Okay. Um, I got rid of the riffraff, if that makes sense. The fluff. Yeah, like people who didn't have the same values as me. Okay. And it was hard because it was some people that had been there for me. Right. That had been a good friend to me. Right. But they just, their values didn't align with mine. And that's what sucked. Because having to end a friendship because someone isn't aligning with, like, what you value. I mean, and it's not that I, like ended the friendship like i'm I'm still there an acquaintance i just don't want to give my energy to people who aren't good people if that makes sense like if you're not a good person i don't want you close to me right because i don't judge like i I can let anybody into my life right regardless of what you've been through you've been through some shit who cares like i'm not here to judge you but that being said, if you're not going to make the effort to be a better person and to be a good human, that is when I have to draw a line. If that makes sense. No, it totally does. But it's something that I struggle with because I am not judgmental. And like, I led a lot of crazy people in my life before. And now I'm kind of like, I still have compassion for you. I still want you to do well. And I want the best for you, but I can't have you in my energy all the time that's that hard yeah
2: no but it's, it's, really it's hard. a hard yeah. like I want to say it's a boundary but it's a hard boundary to draw or a line to draw that's what it is it's a boundary it is a boundary because you're just you're saying you know at some point I have to be a little selfish yeah just a little bit it's so hard and it's to be selfish but there's nothing wrong with that because you know you have to put your own interests first because who else is going to do it if you're not going to do it you know that's and so true. if those people aren't giving the vibes the energy and making mm-hmm. you again feel weighted mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know and it sinks because you know I've, I've had the same thing where it's just like you're you're great you know what I mean there's nothing you do you because I'm the same way I'm like if I'm not going to judge you until I walk in your shoes yeah. you know kind of thing and so if you want to do what you want to do that's great but I just will observe from afar exactly you know if you're going to go out and do these things that don't align with where I am in my life currently mm-hmm. great but I'm going to observe mm-hmm Uh still gonna be your cheerleader but from a little bit further of a distance
1: are there any dark secrets of the pageant world like because people have like a view of pageant completely there's a stigma around it yeah what do you think is different that a lot of people don't know about the pageant world
2: everything i mean it's not the problem i think is that people take toddlers and tiaras and they take miss congeniality as we were talking about earlier they kind of mix the two I mean, together yeah that was like my impression and throw it. it up on pageants you know yeah. and i think as everything else is evolving we are too um yeah i mean our our tagline right now is pageantry reimagined because okay. you know it's we're taking that out of that and like i was talking to you it's it's about you know saying that yeah i i am Beautiful. There's nothing wrong with saying I'm beautiful, but also I'm beauty with brains. You know what I mean? I work hard, I have that empowerment, I want to make a change in the world. I'm not just gonna stand up there and say, world peace. You know what I mean? I'm actually gonna do something to get to that point.
1: Which is what I thought all pageant girls stood for, is just like everybody was. Rightfully so.
2: (laughs) Rightfully so. And it's I think it's getting that more attention to the fact that like sitting here and talk to me, would you think I was a pageant girl if I didn't tell you? No right and so
1: because and this is wrong on me okay is that i just assumed that they all um not that they're not honest but they've got a filter up right and they're afraid to show you who they really are
2: Right. And I mean I guess. while that's still a little bit true, there is some times where I wanna like shake these girls and say, I wanna know you. I don't wanna know this and in pageantry it is hard to kinda not sway into a mold. I talk about that a lot. You have these these people who are telling you dress like this, look like this, talk like this and you know.
1: I guess that is the thing, is the individuality of right. it is missed because everyone is beautiful everyone looks everyone a certain is. way there's like the caked on makeup all of that just <laughs> not to say like I have caked on makeup when I like get on camera too um, but it you're very much you're very much an individual right you know like I like getting to know you today like i I would just say, like, you're your own person. Like, I wouldn't even associate right. you with a pageant just because now I know you as Cameron.
2: Right. And so that's what I think it is, modern version of pageantry is, you know, getting to have this bigger platform to find out who you are and where you want to go in life. You know, it's it's gave me these connections that I, yeah. I can run with. And so that's the beautiful thing of it. I'd recommend it to any 14-year-old because like I was talking about earlier, I was so shy. Like, it made me have all these life skills that I wouldn't have had before. I can walk into any job interview and not be nervous, feel confident confident comfortable you know and walk into any room with poise and posture that's (laughs) incredible that the pageants do this for women right and so uh, that's the beauty of it i mean we don't care what background what walk of life you come from come to us and and we'll help you achieve whatever goal you have in mind
1: it's beautiful
2: it's it's i I mean i can't talk more positively about it and you'd be surprised how many times i do get that question of like are pageants like toddlers and tiaras and it's like no like i didn't i didn't do those pageants so maybe if i did when i was younger but i didn't start until i was 14 and i wouldn't have wanted to start earlier i
1: mean honestly like when i think of children in pageants like i think of john benet ramsey who was murdered do you know the story? no you know the story Oh my god this little girl this like little six-year-old beautiful she was born the same year i was born actually that's no. how i like remember it she i think was living in colorado okay and her mom was like a very much a stage mom and her family was in politics were they
2: so the I don't picture know. i'm probably pic- getting
1: this wrong anyway it was like on people magazine and she ended up um, she got kidnapped out of her window and she got killed it was very sad but they the media painted <laughs> a picture, like the cause of this kidnapping was like due to her being in pageants. And I remember it being so like messed up. Um, so yeah, that and like toddlers and tiaras, like that doesn't like do the pageant world any justice, but that's cool that like you're advocating for it. And I mean, obviously I'm open-minded and hopefully anyone who listens to this will be open-minded to think differently about the pageant world. Because I mean, how can you knock something an organization that is promoting confidence in
2: young women right that's it exactly it's just an empowerment
1: how do you think that you could empower women who are not in pageants because a lot of people won't have the opportunity to do pageants right. like I mean I growing I didn't know anything about them growing up I didn't right. even know they existed so how can you expand this to be relatable to every young girl everywhere
2: I mean that's what I do on my on my TikTok I mean we oh have God. around 600,000 people who I mean aren't in pageants most of them are not and they yeah. don't even know what a pageant is and yeah. so it's just like we were talking about yesterday I love sharing like my confidence tips or just yes. I just posted a video about how to pose on Instagram and not look awkward I mean yeah. because it's it's just something I've had to learn Shit, and I need to look at that <laughs> <laughs> it's just sharing these these bits of information and pieces that I've learned from pageants to everyone, because you don't need to be in a pageant to be confident, to be able to walk in a room, be confident, and walk into an interview room and feel the best you possibly can feel, or know how to dress yourself. I absolutely love fashion, and so like for me, confidence is through the clothes I wear every day. Yes. You know, it's it's my vibe, it's my personality, and so it's just I think it's finding what what confidence is mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. It might be clothes, it might be podcasts, it might be you know whatever. And so yes. you know, I'm expanding in all ways. We're doing a, a talk show about confidence, and you know, I think it's going to be a great way to just get other audiences listening to I,
1: I love that. My tips. It's interesting that you say that because I do feel the most confident when people are listening to me talk. Right. I think, and I think that's why I do stand up is because it's like an immediate like I know that the entire audience they're completely engaged with what I'm saying and they're responding positively to it. So I do think my confidence what comes is from they? that. But but I also will say, okay. If I do not get dressed throughout the day, I kind of tend to feel like shit. If right. I do my hair, do my makeup, have on a bomb outfit, and I walk out the door and feel amazing. And it doesn't have to be like a dress and high heels. I It could be jeans, sneakers, and a tank top or something. Right. I just being put together, I guess, or not even polished, just put together. Right. Makes me feel ten times more confident than if I'm wearing a gross college T shirt that has holes in it and like baggy sweatpants that don't really fit me. Throw that shit away. Right. You don't need that get it out of your closet. I'm a hoarder of clothes. I I, It's so hard for me to get rid of things, but like the stuff that doesn't make you feel good, get rid of it, I say.
2: Right, completely. And I think it's like, it kind of ties into motivation as well, especially for me not working like a structured job to wake up in the morning and be like, I have this to-do list that, you know, is on my own timeline and schedule. Like, how am I going to feel motivated to get it done? Like if I I stay and lay in bed or stay and watch Netflix in that old college t-shirt, like I'm not going to do it. But it's almost like, have you heard the strategy of like, if you put on your gym shoes, you are like, what's 90% more likely to actually go to the gym? Uh, Yes. So I was just listening to
1: some YouTube video. I I am not going to remember where I heard it, (laughs) but somebody was talking about how there is a super successful billionaire who from the moment he gets out of bed in the morning, he puts his shoes on immediately Mm -hmm. and he keeps his shoes on all day long until he goes to bed. And I started thinking about this and I was like, my boyfriend does that. He literally the moment his feet touch the ground, he puts his shoes on. Now, I don't know if he does it for motivation. He does it because it, it, it's a routine. It knew it's for his back. Oh. The Cushioning in <laughs> the shoes help his back. Okay. But it you are less likely to be lazy when you have shoes on. And I like lay on the couch all day, you know. I mean not all day, but like if I'm by a couch, You're I'm on going it. to lay on it. Yeah. And when my boyfriend and I watch movies, I lay down and he sits up still. And I, it's because he has his shoes on and I'm like, oh my God, like maybe there's something
2: to this, like keeping your shoes on
1: all day long.
2: It's, I think it's a routine of things over and over again too. It's like the yeah. making your bed. If you make your bed, you're less likely to get back into it. Oh, definitely. So I, like,
1: I cannot get into an unmade bed. Right. And not
2: really. Oh no. Oh, you can't I, hop it, back into a bed that's uh-uh, unmade. So then uh-uh. maybe you shouldn't make your bed.
1: No, no, no. I no. I cannot get into a bed that's unmade. It has to be made up.
2: Right, to get back into it. Yeah. So then if you woke up in the morning and your bed's unmade, you're not going to get into it all oh, day. Oh, I'm never
1: going to get into it. No. Oh, okay. no. No, 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 <laughs> I wouldn't get in it regardless. <laughs> there and, you go. Um, I, I, I'm not a person who lays in the bed past like 9 a.m
2: yeah no me neither I've got that alarm set and I'm up
1: yeah I
2: yeah do you do lists I'm a big like to-do planner list like Uh, check and scratch the box off I've got
1: ADD so my lists get made and then they don't get checked off okay (laughs) if I make the list it ends up stressing me out more so I can't make lists okay I know other people are different and they have to like live their life by a list I'm so chaotic. My energy is chaotic. My brain is chaotic. I so love that. I just, I, I, I do things chaotically and it's fine. They get done. Right. But the
2: lists aren't it. The, the lists aren't it for me. I don't know. Do you know. have a, like a, a calendar?
1: Oh yeah. I, okay, if I have an go. appointment or a meeting, it right. goes in the calendar and I'm never late for that. Right. But like
2: chronically I do run behind. <laughs> do you? <laughs> yeah. I I have like I seriously do get anxiety when it comes to like being like super late I've I've just lived with the lifestyle like my dad always Uh, said if you're not 10 minutes early you're late
1: when I was a kid my mom and dad were both late to everything I would be on stage performing and I would see my dad come in the back of the theater like halfway through the performance my mom was always getting us to soccer practice basketball practice whatever it was like we would be late Mm -hmm. and I you know it was no fault of theirs just neither one of them know how to tell time (laughs) and I think I wanted to for so long be like I hate this because it was like embarrassing to like walk in late somewhere but not really like I don't know if it ever really affected me like some people have parents that were chronically late and they're like oh my god it was so mortifying like I couldn't live my life like that so now they're like super super early everywhere and yeah. I wish I was that way I think but that's unfortunately, me like I didn't break the cycle and it like kind of trickled down and now I'm late everywhere however though I professionally never late to anything
2: right Always I think early. I think that's me in a sense like not on an extreme level but like my dad like I said was like 10 minutes before you're late type of person and then my mom who um I wanted to do modeling I want to do everything as a kid but she worked a full-time job yeah, and so that kind of wasn't in the cards for me
1: oh yeah my mom told me at to the get time. Lost when I told her I wanted to move to LA and be an actor when I was 14 she's like right
2: absolutely not right that's just not it's not it at the time and so um my mom would always be working her full-time job but also picking my brother and I up from sports or whatever the heck yeah. we were involved with so she was always a little bit late left and I kind of had that fear of like as a kid you're standing on that sidewalk and everyone's gone and you're the only one there and you're just like okay like <laughs> you yeah. know and so I think that maybe um, made me early yeah but I get
1: that I get that Oh yeah, I do have a juicy story. Okay, okay. so I was on set last week Fun. and I overheard somebody's conversation. On sets, like you kind of keep to yourself, really. Oh yeah. And but I'm I'm nosy, so I always like listen to people's conversations. Like you know, sue me, whatever. <laughs> uh, so these people were talking, and this girl was talking about how her friend, um, her this guy that she knows, uh, he was dating this girl for a long time, and he had a best girlfriend. And the best girlfriend was very attractive. And his girlfriend went through his phone and messaged his best female friend and was like, Hey, like we can't be friends anymore. (gasps) Like I'm dating like this girl now. And it's just like not appropriate. La, 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 la secretly she sent that message to that girl and then deleted the conversation so she just took it like oh my god like guess i lost a friend then like a couple years go by oh my gosh they break up and now he runs into her and she's like yeah like what the heck like you told me we couldn't be friends anymore and he's like i never i never said that and realizes that this girl went through his phone What a psycho. Wow. That's crazy.
2: That's That's like trust issues to the max. Oh my God.
1: I have never gone through my boyfriend's phone. I would never go through my boyfriend's phone. I just like, you got to draw a line somewhere. And, and also, right. If you're really that intimidated by an attractive female that your man is friends with, right. that's some internal shit. Right. You gotta, like, that's some stuff you got to work on. You work on your confidence. That's an issue within yourself. Right. That has nothing to do with him, Mm-mm. nothing or her. to do with her. Right. That's you. That's your issues.
2: Right, completely. I agree. It's like you... And it's the trust in your relationship. I mean, if you're not going to have the trust for that, then how are you going to have the trust when he goes out or when he does anything Any- that like... You know, you have to trust oh that like you are... It's, it's that level, again, we bring it back to confidence in yourself that like you are valuable. You are this boss, you know, whatever. Yeah. And, you know, you have this level of value that no other woman has to your man.
1: Yeah. And you have to just know that. How do you get this confident? Like what would you say, like what advice would you give a young girl
2: who doesn't have this confidence? You know, I think it's, it's the start of like if you don't have it, start acting like you have it you know, I heard this quote once. It was like, you either act like the CEO and become the CEO, or you don't, you start working for that CEO. And so it's like, you got to walk every day. And it's really like, it's so cliche, make the world your runway and, you know, take every opportunity and just say yes. And the more you do things, the more confident you get in them, but push yourself, Mm -hmm. you are not. you got to go outside of your comfort zone to gain that confidence.
1: Absolutely. You have to challenge yourself
2: every day. Yeah. And that doesn't say that I don't get nervous for things. I still constantly get nervous, you know, when I have to do things, but like I tell myself, I'm going to gain something. I'm going to get something out of this experience. It's going to make me more confident.
1: It's all about mindset, though. Right, right. Which is what it it comes down to. If you think that you're not going to be confident, then you won't be confident. Right. Now, if you change your mindset to, I am a confident woman. I can have anything I want. I can get that job. I can get that man. I can make this much money. Then you will in time right. it will happen but it's not going to happen if you don't believe that you can have those things
2: and it's not going to happen overnight it's something no, that you it's need never. to it's, you gotta, commit it's over, to yeah it. and it starts with self-affirmations i think those are great mm-hmm. if you look in that mirror it's for some people it's believe it or not for me it's not but to look at themselves in the mirror it's really awkward they don't like eye contact oh. with themselves
1: i'm vain i love a mirror
2: yeah right I'm, if there's a mirror i'm gonna look in it so uh, <laughs> start looking at yourself in the mirror you know yeah. what i mean start saying like i'm beautiful i'm worth it i'm gonna go get this job I'm to kill it today you know it's yeah these like simple like
1: my meditations right my little silly little affirmations okay we gotta wrap it up we've been talking a long time sorry uh this was beautiful thank you so much for coming on the podcast of course it was a blast yeah it was nice to meet you yesterday now you're my <laughs> friend now i feel like we've been old friends we've known each other for there forever.
2: we go yep i know right yeah and 10 I, years difference
1: you can be friends with anyone you any can't you know you can have things in common <laughs> with people in different decades you really can what are you looking at? Alright, thank you so much. Alright, guys, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.
0: Enlighten me, bitch. I be a boss. I got the sauce, no point in fighting me. Demons leave them torch, I run my kingdom, call me sire we never taking L's, only lessons. No, we never count it fails, only blessings. Never stresses it, enlighten me. I be a boss, I got the sauce, no point in fighting me Gang, they hyping me, rightfully I am stable, I am able, I am wealthy Full of health, on the rise, I got the belt You got a problem? Check yourself, bitch